I think a lot of people, especially with this day and age with the cost of you know living and everything like that, put a great deal of pressure on themselves. Um, I, I do. I would just say, look, just be just be patient, and things will come. Just have that plan and 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 execute that plan, and, and things will roll out accordingly. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyron Shum and in this episode, we continue the conversation with Matthew Sicario and we delve into some of his expert advice in the best way to invest in self-managed super funds. We'll also find out what motivates him to get out of bed every single day and the strategy to turn a low amount of money into a large amount using developments. A lot of things can happen when buying property and Sakari has certain strategies in place to face these problems. It's something which I kind of develop, um, I think, naturally um, and it, it's probably also things which, you know, I learned from my mum and my parents and um, a, a lot of people contemplate having and hiring about a financial decision, you know, like, should we do this, shouldn't we do this? And, and I've kind of naturally built the solution of um, saying that, um, give me the problem and I'll find a solution. And it's probably more of a mathematical kind of outcome. I'm not saying that this is going to be the case for everyone, but you know, sometimes as long as you've got something and you've worked out the outcomes of it, the exit strategy, the entry strategy, individual calculations, get yourself into the problem and then from there you can work out a solution. Now, that was the case when... Um, we bought a block of units and this was in 09. So you could imagine we had Everton Hills, East Brisbane, three kids, 09. We're moving from the Brisbane to Sunshine Coast and there was a block of units and um, we initially didn't get the, the the price. It fell through but someone else got it and it was during the GFC. Um, they ended up falling that contract over and, and we ended up getting it at 09. And, that real estate agent gave me a call and said, mate, do you want it for this price? And it was there and then, and Jolene's at home with three kids. So I actually signed a contract, unconditional, oh no, seven day finance, 7.50, because I always saw it as a way of, what is the problem here? I can always get out, you know, from my finance. If we can't get finance, it's not meant to be. Um, and so we ended up getting that block of units um, and, and once again, it was the whole thing which I said to Jolene, I've got ourselves, I've got us into a problem. Don't worry, I'll find a solution. And we ended up finding a solution from that point of view. So I think that method of always calculating and working out entry exit strategies uh, is, is always something which is key. Being in a positive position has helped Sakara and his wife build their portfolio. That's been one of our best investments because it's been cash flow positive, which you know, Helen um, has mentioned in regards to her commercial properties, etc. Cash flow positive. Um, you know, it, it's it, it does help in regards to it all, and it's definitely helped us grow and build up on our portfolio um, because from that cash flow positive, it's helped us you know pay off our house quicker. It's helped us grow up into other investments and things like that. You need to be able to implement the strategies that you want to use. And Sakara tells us about the type of mindset you need to have. I think it's a matter of you know 
getting to know your numbers, your situation. Um, like obviously you can rely on experts like us and Jolene that we're able to relate all this back to you and, and getting to know what that would look like um, in, in the outcome. Um, also, I, I guess the key thing around it all is is looking at an area where you're investing and making sure that you like it, you, you know, is like, you know, this, these block of units are in Malulaba, and, and this was an area which was we saw great potential in as well. So we're a big believer in the suburb. So getting to know your area, um, getting to know what was a good price for it, the good opportunities, where you can add value, what your strategy is around it all. And also, um, you know, when I bought the block of units, block of units back then when I bought it wasn't a big thing, but I did all the numbers on it and I said, I don't know why people are not looking at blocks of units because they're yielding a really good yield. So just just looking at all opportunities and look and breaking it down to percentage returns. Um, uh, that that's that's always been a, a you know, a, a thing for me was, you know, that mathematical kind of what is the outcome, what can we do, why, where are people going and, and how to do things a little bit differently. I'm trying to find true value, you know, like I, I think I think that comes down to really all sorts of investment is, is trying to really gauge what is true value because even though it's marketed out and if through a real estate agent or et cetera, they may market something out at six fifty, but you may say, you know what, this property is worth seven fifty. They're marketing all wrong and this is the reason why. It is valuable for you to know what is happening in your local area to gain an understanding of the market. I'm probably surprised that I didn't really come become a real estate agent, <laughs> to be honest, because um, at a young age, I would just go to house inspections, auctions. Even though I wasn't interested, I would just be interested in terms of knowing how much that property was going to sell for, um, seeing the vibe. I, I, and I did that, you know, and I think it was just all growing up. Uh, and, and Jolene knows that too. Like on a weekend, I I like going to a house inspection. I like going to an auction, um, even though I'm not interested in buying it. Um, and it's it's probably, I don't know if it's a sad thing or a bad thing. or I, 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 I don't know, but I just like to know what things are going for um, in, in, in the local area and get to know my area really well. It is always a positive to be inquisitive and continue to learn about your field. It's just more of a passion which I have and, and, and I do this not just only on property. I do, it, I do it with you know shares, companies, everything. I just like to know what's going on um, and, and just... And it's really helped us and, and, the, and that's where I realized when I went into IT... I knew that this wasn't where I wanted to be because I always had that passion for property and investing, and um, and and I actually did civil engineering after I did IT because I thought I'd go down the path of um, doing further engineering, and then I realised I said no, look, if I'm passionate about property, etc., I need to be in finance and financial planning. Ended up coming through. I did some day trading there, got really heavily involved. In day trading, um, and then we ended up buying the block of units over at Malulaba, which ended up taking our liquidity away, and and so we were stuck with with that for some time, you know. So, oh yeah, it's all it's all a learning curve, you know. The last 10, 10 years to fifteen years has, has always been a, a learning curve, and it continues to be so, um, you know, with different dynamics happening, low interest rates, economy changes, and things like that. Sakara helps people take back control over their own financial situation and talks about the results you might see if you do. I think it's from that whole um, taking control, you know, people sometimes um, 
don't like the fact that they receive a, a paper statement and don't know where things are, you know, what, what's actually invested in, in asset classes, and especially during the GFC when there was major losses. This is, was probably one of the striving things which happened during that time when, you know, um, the markets were crashing, property was still going up. Um, and so the, the, the realisation that property is more tangible, I've got more control, the tenants aren't going to leave, that really grew that whole SMSF side of it all for us as, as that point of difference at the time and, and allowing people to have more control of their investment instead of not knowing where it was. Um, so during that, we, we ended up educating um, and, and people about what opportunities uh, are, are there with their super fund and what you could potentially do um, instead of just having it in an industry or retail fund uh, where you can actually invest it and, and, and borrow as well. So changing your $200,000 super fund to now a $500,000 super fund, even though there's 300000 in lending, it's still a $500,000 super fund. Everyone wants to be able to turn a low amount of money into a large amount and Sakara gives us some tips on how to do that. What I say to clients, and once again, it's it's, it's percent. Uh, applying that percentage side. So when you got 200,000 and you do 10%, that 10% is only working on that 200,000. You know what I mean? That's all it's working on. But when you can then leverage and and obviously leveraging has the benefits of increasing wealth as well as decreasing depending on where that investment is, you know, in terms of that purchase. But if it all works in the right direction, when you buy and change your super fund from a $200,000 investment to a half a million dollar investment and that market goes up by 10%, you go you get 10% on half a million versus 200. So what you've technically done is multiplied your returns by two and a half to three times over each and every time because it's working on a percentage of what is capitally invested, the capital invested. So that is why that is so powerful and it's a matter of not just utilizing it for one vehicle it's a matter of still applying that diversity because you know it, it's not saying that that is going to be someone's solution for everyone and 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 nor nor should you just have one investment working for you to you know over the years what i've learned was that you need multiple investments working for you to be able to be cash flow and and, and financially free not one it's very unlikely that one investment is going to give you financial freedom. Super funds can be tricky to understand. So Sakara goes into some detail about what you need to look out for. You need a, a certain amount um, or some, some lenders don't look at that at the moment as well. So it, it, it has changed in the last 12 months. There's news obviously with a lot of major banks pulling out of the South Money Super Fund space. There is still lending in the South Money Super Fund space. Uh, interest rates vary from 5.99 up to 7% and there are some establishment fees ranging from 095 to 1.25% of the loan amount um, or even a $1,000 fee for residential property. So there are things to be mindful of and that is super contributions. So that's why end of financial year is really important because you want to maximize how much super. If you're looking at a self-managed super fund or super borrowing, you need that super contribution is going to make a key part of how much you can do or how much you can borrow. So maximizing potentially how much you can put into super um, before the end of financial year is really key if you're looking at this avenue. Um, so, so definitely super contributions. You need at least 20% deposit for residential. Um, and that's going to be a, a area code 
specific. Some area codes may require 30% deposit or even more. And that's for residential. In terms of commercial, you're definitely going to need anywhere between 30 up to 50%, depending on location and the opportunity as well. Sakara continues on what to be aware of when setting up a self-managed super fund. There's all sorts of self-managed super funds. There's individual trustees, corporate trustees. Um, now, every individual means just putting it in your own personal name. Now, um, a lot of lenders don't tend to uh, favour that. It, it was a cheaper option where you can only set you can set up an individual trustee self-managed super fund for five hundred dollars. But the only problem with that is that you need more than one person to run that super fund as an individual trustee. And usually, with self-managed super funds, it always it always was a case for mums and dads. So um, it made it difficult if anything was to happen to one person but then all of a sudden you had to wind up that self-managed super fund or get an additional member. So that's where the lenders were looking at favouring more of the corporate trustee setup. So the corporate trustee is a little bit more expensive. Um, under my financial group, it's 1495, um, excluding GST and uh, that will give you a corporate trustee setup. And um, that's having a company name running your self-managed super fund where you can have one, do- one person as a director to run that. Um, but we obviously the way it's usually set up is mum and dad both being directors, both being members. Um, and, then, and then from there, if you're going to borrow, you need to set up what is known as a bear trust to hold that property um, in, in term, because you have what is known as like an instalment warrant uh, and that bear trust is like a custodian to hold that property and have a loan agreement with the bank to pay it off over a period of time. And then the beneficiary of that will be the stuff money super fund. Through his financial planning business, Sakura helps his clients every day. We get an insight into what he helps them with. Usually give clients the full educational spill, you know, around it all, and, um, and 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 the comfort of knowing that we've got everything covered. Where you're not setting up a self managed super fund if you can't get any money or it's not right for you. You know what I mean? So we'll analyze the client situation and go, is this exactly what you want? You know, do you understand what you're getting yourself involved in and, and, and all of this information? And it's not trying to scare them off. It's just giving them the information so that they can make a rational decision and saying, yes, I want to do this. I love tangible assets. I can see it. I can drive past it. This is a property that I want. He explains the amount of money you might hear being thrown around when talking about self-managed super funds. There's a lot of general information saying 200 is the minimum, but sometimes like we might set something up at 150 because that financial year, both parties are going to put 25 grand in, which would then take them up to 200. So it really depends on the case by case scenario. Like I always say that as long as you've got an objective of what you wanted to achieve, that's the main thing because I can't. I can't tell you or no one can really tell someone what is the minimum amount you want to have to set up a self-managed super fund. As long as the trustees are comfortable with what they're making as a decision and understand the cost involved of annual administration and ATA levies and all of that, if you know, like someone could set up a self-managed super fund and away they go and they can just make 20-30% every single year themselves. Um, but so it really depends on, on what they believe they can do and achieve. But usually in regards to for our clients, it's between, you know, 150 to 200 to 250 depending on what the outcome is and, and depending on the, the client situation. If they're a high-income earner contributing a great deal into super every single year, then it's going to be, um, you know, maybe at the 150 stage because, because they've got 25 or 50 grand coming in through that year. 
Sakari explains how this can also help with tax minimization. It's 15% inside super versus 32, 37 you know, 42, 49. So anything that drops your taxable income down to a different rate is always going to be better in terms of the super environment, especially when you get to an age where it's, you know, it's not far off. Um, so you have that cycle. I think one of the biggest mistakes which we tend to see is a lot of young people going, oh, don't worry about super, don't worry about super. If you can worry about it at a younger age and just put that additional 2 or 3% in every single year, not, not a great deal because you don't notice it almost go, you'll be very surprised how much you have by the age of your mid-30s. You know, you'll end up having over close to 200 or 250 by the time if you start at a young age by the time you're mid-30s. And that's a good amount to start off and kick things off. Coming up after the break, we'll delve into what motivates Matthew Sicaria. I think it's a combination of, you know, being able to do things and, and, and um, being able to provide for, you know, having four kids under the age of 30. Some of the best advice he has been given. That's probably the best advice is, is stay focused, don't have too many distractions and, and focus and, 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 and get things done. Action is, is everything. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Invest Story. Time never slows down, so it's important to take opportunities when they are presented to you and understand what you want to accomplish. I think there's a combination of you know being able to do things and, and, and um, being able to provide for you know having four kids under the age of thirty. I think it was a matter of really just you know it got to a stage of just survival to now um, other things to be able to enjoy time with them. Um, you know, knowing the fact that when my dad died, I was only um, 12 at the time and uh, actually younger, I think I was only 11. So no, no, just saying that I can spend these type of um, moments with my family now is, is, is a key part. But also applying the ability in, in teaching other people and, and educating them through what we've learned and, and providing that is, is also another little satisfaction. But it's each, each year, you know, I, I, I always say to people, end of financial year and end of calendar year are two times where I always like to reflect and look at things where I wanted to do and didn't do because of time and then start to realize that, you know, time's getting away. I need to start changing what I'm doing to allow for this to happen. Um, and it's getting like that for even for business. There's so many things which we wanted to implement. These are two time factors where Sakara looks back and shares what he wanted to do. End of financial year and end of calendar year are times where I reflect back and, and um, you know, there's things which we wanted to do two, three years ago in business and things like that, which we never had a, a chance to do because, you know, there's only so much time in the day. But every year we try to, every year I try to change the way I'm living day to day to try to incorporate something or do something which I've plan to do you know so I think everyone can relate to that from that point of view sometimes each year you need to either it may be the fact that I'm instead of waking up at six o'clock I'm going to wake up at five o'clock so I've got another hour to do something Um, or you know instead of going to bed at nine o'clock I might stay up till 11 o'clock to be able to do something so it's getting to that point now um, 
where there was a lot of um, technology stuff which I wanted to do and I kept pushing it out, videos and things like that in, in terms of business. And uh, it's getting to a point where I, I need to start incorporating some other time in my day to be uh, allowing for that and being conscious of that. So, um, you know, that that was meant to happen two, three years ago and it still hasn't happened. So it's a matter of really looking or outsourcing it. So sooner or later, anything like that, you, you need to just start reflecting and adjusting. And everyone has it. Uh, you know, this could be buying your first property or setting up SMSF or whatever it may be, but you need to allocate time in whatever you're doing and, 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 and focus on one on that to accomplish it. It is important to understand where you are in your career and where you want to go. And you do it by, you know, with everything. Like I tend to do it all the time. Like it might be getting property valuations, you know, just to know how much the property has gone up, looking at the history of what's going on. Should I should I keep that property? Should I keep it? Um, you know, I, I kind of apply every year, twice a year on, on what, I'm, what I'm doing personally as well as for the business. There will always be another person who is going to know more than you in any given field and it's important to utilize that knowledge. Uh, look, that's been one kind of thing which has been missing. Uh, I think because we've been so tied up with um, running the business and the focus has been on the business, I haven't really been um, able to find a mentor you know, around the property investor. I think I've just been trying to um, look at you know, what, what successful people have done um, and, and you can actually do or do this. It's all public information anyway through counsel, through RP data. But, you know, I tend to work backwards from there. Like, so if I see a really good buy or see a property developer doing really well, I'll hone in on what, when, what do they buy that property for, you know, um, what is the percentage per square meter, what is the outcome of it all. And I just, I just tend to reflect personally doing that myself. And this is all public information which is out there for, for everyone to have access to. He talks about ensuring that you take on what you can handle and live in the moment. Sometimes a little bit too much information which can also, um, you know, I think I think it's a matter of really, you know, the, the next stage I guess in, in regards to the property for me is, is really finding a, a good network of, um, you know, property um, uh, investors and, and mentors to, to, to do something bigger and better but at the same time, um, it's a matter of really working within our means as well because at the same time, the, uh, the other thing which um, can also uh, work against you is, is, is over committing or doing something which is a bit too big. You always need to be learning about your industry and there are many different ways to do that. I'm a bit of a, a geek, I guess, when it comes down to um, reading. I, I don't tend to read like, you know, I know a lot of people have read, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad and... and um, you know, all these other kind of inspirational books. But I tend to focus on my time on on, on research of property or research on companies. Um, so when I tend to read something, it's more doing research and exploring these type of things um, or, or opportunities in our own industry as well. So um, I, there's no real uh, a book as such. I, I, just, I just always... I'm always kind of doing R&D, I guess, if, if you look at it from that perspective. So something which just, you know, it might be a new new IPO float. You know, what does this company do? So I put my time and effort in, in trying to find what that company is doing. Or it might be a, a new town planning change. So I put my time and effort in terms of understanding the new changes to that town planning and things like that. 
which which really takes up by, by the time you know with family and the business it really takes up the majority of my time. Sakai shares some words of wisdom that he has received that has helped him throughout his career. Stay focused. That's probably the best advice is, is stay focused. Don't have too many distractions and, and focus and, and, and get things done. Action action is, is everything. Multitasking is important and Sakai explains how many projects he can juggle at once. The projects range from, from personal to to business, to property investing, to share investing. So um, those are like every year there's a project in every one of those categories. Um, In terms of the size of it all would be depending on um, how much I've got in terms of liquidity or leveraging um, or capacity or or resources, et cetera, or or time as well. So, um, But I I break them up in in those type of categories. So you've got personal, business, residential and um, shares and investing. Um, So those are my four categories and then each project has its own little um, set goals and times and tasks to get done. No one's career path runs smoothly. And there are always bumps along the way. Sakara shares some advice he would give to his past self. What I would say is be patient. Don't don't over overthink things or uh, put too much pressure on yourself. And time will do its thing. Um, you know, don't expect results straight away. I think that's where a lot of people get frustrated um, from a mindset point of view. And you know, we, we've seen you know mental health being a big thing as well. And I think a lot of people especially with this day and age with the cost of, you know, living and everything like that put a great deal of pressure on themselves. Um, I, I, do, I would just say, look, just be, just be patient and things will come. Just have that plan and, 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 and execute that plan and, and things will roll out accordingly and let time do its thing. Sakara does not want to get ahead of himself and is patiently waiting for that next project to pop up. I'm really excited um, you know that we're at a stage where you know we, we've reached that financial freedom having that passive income so i i'm having a mixed view on this i'm at some part of me wants to enjoy it and then the ambitious part comes out and goes what's what's for best again and what's do so i'm just i'm just doing a lot of research and development and working out you know where and what i should put my money into moving forward after being cash flow positive at such an early age, he explains the feeling of having that kind of freedom. I feel like a weight off my shoulders being achieved. So, so you know, um, looking back and, and being able to do it, like I'm 38 this year, and um, it, it does it does feel good from that point of view. It feels um, like everything which I set myself to achieve when I was in my early 20s, I've done that, and um, but. At the same time, um, you can't just be complacent, uh, complete, content. Sorry, I should say, uh, with with what I got. I, you still need to grow each and every year, and, and try to beat inflation and the cost of goods and all of that. So, as well as you know, I've got four kids and I've got to now. It, it's probably moved on the fact of you know, you've got to help them set up their lives and and, and everything like that as well. So, um, yeah, but it, it just feels like a little bit of weight has been you know, move from, from the shoulders there. Sakara explains the role that luck has had in his career, but also how pivotal the skills and knowledge he has learned along the way. I've seen so many things that play out and I think sometimes people relate it to luck 
but it's actually more than just luck. It's related back to the skills and the and everything they've naturally developed as well. So um, obviously luck is, is, is amazing to have on your side as well when it all works out, but I think it's a foundation that you need to have is, is in um, entrenching yourselves with the right people. It, it, I, think, I think this day and age with all this technology, it's a lot easier. Like obviously the podcast here, networking, you can learn so much information and take shortcuts where people have taken you know, five, ten years or even a lifetime to learn, know all this stuff. And, um, you know, you, you, you can so, – so leveraging on these type of resources is, is amazing. Um, but, but as I mentioned, as long as you, you take action and implement and focus, that's where, it, uh, where, where a lot of this knowledge which people gain don't apply. There's, there can be a little bit of luck. Look, obviously, you know, luck is many factors. The economy going really well that no one – has a you know there's no World War Three breakout or all these other factors which are out of our control. We have no control of that whatsoever. But a lot of that noise is just noise, and you just got to focus on what you're doing every six months or every twelve months. And I relate it to you know um, you know your mindset in if it's training for a goal, like either what whatever that may be, like uh, from a fitness point of view, you're going to have all these types of noise, you know, waking up like cold weather, rainy days, but you've got to block all that out and focus on your goals. You need to take your time and slowly dip your toes in the water no matter what you're doing. Health and wealth, um, you know, is, is definitely in line, you know, to be able to run a marathon and having that little voice to say, stop running, you're tired, your knees are hurting, your joints, you know, same thing happens with, 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 you know, either weight training as well. You know, you don't want to jump in and do a $2 million project. Start off doing a 200 grand project. Same thing with weight training. You don't want to go and start deadlifting 200 kilos. You want to start very small and build your way up. So it, it's, all, it's all relative from, from that point of view. It's, it's, but at least you're doing it and taking action instead of not doing it. If you want to stay connected with Sakara, he provides the details you need to stay in touch. My financial group's got a Facebook page, a website, um, contacting us at the 1300-634-000 number. Um, you know, we've got a LinkedIn um, as well as, a, you know, uh, email um, contact details. So happy to um, guide every, you know, anyone that needs assistance from that point of view and, um, and, and share a little bit more about my, my journey as well. Thank you to Matthew Sakara, our guest on this episode of Property Invest Story. If you want to hear more about his journey, then visit our website at propertyinveststory.com.au.